This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Live to tape. Millennial Season 2, Episode 26. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. We have a packed show today as we sit on the cusp of the RNC beginning. Uh, No no mayhem yet, but it's only getting started. But we're mature. We don't want to see mayhem. We want everything to go as planned. No, we don't. Fudge that. Oh. I don't I don't want I don't want violence or like an outbreak of any kind, but I would love to see I would love to see the Republican Party just collapse unto itself on stage. Okay. Well we are recording Monday afternoon. So if anything happens after this, you know why we're not talking about it yet. The earth exploded. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm with Andrew on this. I kind of don't want things to get too real at the RNC because things have already been getting way too real in the world the last couple of weeks. Mm. Um, we've had a lot of shit happen just since the last episode that we did where we talked about a lot of shit happening. Um, (sighs) there, there was the tragedy in Nice where a fucking psychopath used a car to kill 84 innocent people on Bastille Day. Yeah. Not just a car, like a truck loaded with explosives. Yeah. Un-fucking-believable. Of course, Turkey has been going through a coup these last few days, which we're going to be talking about momentarily. And then we can't, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the shooting in Baton Rouge, the police officers, um, another complete psychopath walking along the street with a gun gets reported. The police show up to confront him, and he just starts firing on them. Yeah, yeah, really sad. And and yeah, these the, first of all, these are absolutely awful. These these shoot police shootings in Dallas and Baton Rouge because mm-hmm. it's the type of thing that you would never really expect to see happen, especially for the reasons that they're happening. But also, this kind of um, throws out that whole people should have guns to hold off criminals until the cops arrive excuse because you see a lot of uh, conservatives say that well we need to all have guns so when the cops show up we the the cops can protect us but until then we have to protect ourselves but it's gotten to the point where the police can't even protect themselves because people are walking around with assault rifles ready to shoot police in the face yeah no we're actually talking about in this case these officers who were killed they were literally the definition of good guys with guns. Yeah. And it and it did not save them. Mm-hmm. There is a problem in this country and we need to fucking do something. What really confuses me about that whole about what you just said, Laura, this, uh, that they're saying that until the cops can protect us, we're just going to carry our own guns. But then when the cops show up they're they shoot at them anyways. So they're the only people that they're shooting at are the people that they said need to protect them. 
Yeah. It's not right. Anyway, here's some good news this week uh, before we move into some listener feedback and some other news. Uh, we didn't talk about this, I don't think, but there recently was a lawsuit against Roger Ailes, the head, for all intents and purposes, of, of uh, Fox News. Um, it was filed by Gretchen Carlson. She was a former anchor on the network. Uh, and, of course, Roger Ailes denied these sexual assault allegations. But now it turns out it looks like the Murdochs are ready to drop them. We're hearing today from New York Magazine that the Murdochs have settled on removing the 76-year-old executive. And um, they're, they're going to give him a choice. Either he can resign or he's going to face being fired. Which is really shocking because Roger Ailes has always been considered the puppeteer at Fox News, uh, really defining the network, defining their <laughs> wink-wink, fair and balanced coverage. So it, it probably won't make any big changes at Fox News. It's not like they're suddenly going to become more actu- actually balanced um, or actually not awful uh, because it's worked very well for them ratings-wise. And, of course, their, their viewers love all the stuff that they spew, so... So anyway, it looks like Roger Ailes may be stepping down. Pretty shocking, huh? It is shocking though, because because he basically founded Fox News. I mean, he it was it's his brainchild. It's and his fault. It's it, it was his brainchild before before he created Fox News. He was a political strategist for the Republican Party, including both George Bushes. So mm-hmm. he he really Fox News is is his baby, and to have him outed in this way tells me either one of two things. Either Fox News knows, the other executives know that he's guilty of sexual harassment and just just would rather be done with it and cut their ties now before being dragged through the mud. Or maybe they don't know and they just don't want to take the chance that he is. Either way, it's very damning yeah. to, mm. to out someone who has played such an integral role of creating that network. Yeah, I don't think it's the latter. I think they they've seen enough evidence. They probably know from their their obviously they know everything that's going on most likely, and they probably see that there's a lot of damning evidence here. And um, because after Gretchen came out with this, so, uh, several other women said, "Yeah, <clears throat> she's and I right." Just wanna, I, yeah, and I just want to point out that if that is the case, if it is the case that Fox News kind of knew all along, or at least they had a hunch. Um, well, fuck you, Fox News, for not yeah. having done this sooner. The fact that somebody had to go public with this and put their own reputation at stake and their, and their own career at stake for the sake of, of outing him is really damning. So I think, um, but the other point I would make is it just proves how important it is for people to actually speak up when they go through this shit. Sometimes it makes a big it makes a big difference yeah so it sounds like they're gonna have to tiptoe around this very carefully because like you say they they they're gonna get accused of well why didn't you drop them sooner if you knew anyway uh time now for ap choice these are from our these are suggestions from our top supporters over on patreon.com slash millennial grace asks us anyone see the new ghostbusters will there be any straight women left after kate mckinnon's character holtzman so Matt and I both saw Ghostbusters this weekend. What did you think, Matt? <laughs> I um I I I I did not care for it. Mm. I didn't I'm uh It's because the Ghostbusters are women, right? No, no. Oh. Actually I think I think it's very I think it's very good that uh that I didn't enjoy this. Or I that I did that I 
I considered it a bad movie because I think this really helps the whole feminist movement. It shows that, you know, a, f- a cast full of women can fail just like a cast full of men. <laughs> like it's, you know, we're equal. Like it's. <laughs> so, well, I thought it was pretty funny. I think the movie in general was actually. It wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. I was actually, first of all, as Grace kind of hints at, Kate McKinnon is absolutely hilarious in this. She She is, yeah. She stole the show. She's the only real redeeming thing in that movie. Kristen Wiig, on the other hand, I was disappointed in. I normally love her. I love her in SNL. I loved her in Bridesmaids, of course. But then this movie, I don't know. She just, she wasn't. She wasn't the comic relief, and I don't know, no, don't know if it was Kate or because there she was with three others competing was, for laughs. But she was boring. Yeah, she was kind of like her character just didn't have much energy. I don't know. I I I think I think there just really wasn't. I I'm surprised actually how how there was really nothing special about the movie. Like a lot of the stuff they pulled from the originals like it's a reboot so there's no real connection to the original ghostbusters except for the cameos in it mm-hmm. but um the the whole story is kind of just just kind of all over the place there, i had no idea what the hell was going on i the villain i thought was so ridiculous that i thought it was like a ploy to sh- and then the real villain will show up but it didn't it was just some weirdo who wanted ghosts to come out Sorry, guys. I, I I didn't mean to reveal the plot. I thought it but, was a fun summer movie. I'll, uh, I'll put it that way. I wanted to leave. So let's move on <laughs> to this other topic. This is from Sean McKee. He says, any opinions on Lance Bass hosting a gay bachelor type dating show? Do you think it will be a good thing and bring more exposure to the gay community? Or do you think it will trivialize same-sex relationships and give off the idea that these two are just dating because they're both gay and single? I don't watch much reality TV, so I won't be watching it, but do any of you plan to watch it? I don't watch The Straight Bachelor, but I know tons of people love The Straight Bachelor and Bachelorette. Um, They're both really big hits for ABC. And there's also a great drama that I do watch, scripted drama, on Lifetime called Unreal. And that is absolutely phenomenal. I think I've mentioned it on the show before. Yeah, I started watching that, too. It's 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 kind of, yeah, it's it's fun. Like, it's it's funny. But as for Finding Prince Charming, this is the new show on Logo. I, I'll check it out just to support the concept. It's on Logo, so it's not going to have any big ratings to begin with. Like, nobody actually watches that channel. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, I think it's good what? that they're doing it. And Matt, nobody watches Logo. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, the best reality show in existence. Okay, we so maybe 100,000 people watch logo but i i'm I'm speaking relatively it's not going to get ratings that are size the size of like the bachelor but yeah i think i think it's cool and lance bass has a big tv career so he seems like a good host for it and Mm. uh yeah i'll watch an episode or two if they get up the crazy shit which seems to be what always happens on the bachelor bachelorette unreal then maybe i'll tune in week to week i don't know uh i just i i i I just don't know about this because I feel like this show is about 10 years too late, but it's also would not have been, it would not have been able to get greenlit 10 years ago because it's a gay dating show. And like up until recently, like it's been like the LGBT community has been more overwhelmingly, at least in, like in general has been more accepting. Like 
the the general population has been more accepting of the LGBT community within the past 10 years. But I think reality television is not as popular as especially like the bachelor style dating shows. It's just not it's it's not a thing anymore, really, at least, you know, in the general audience. I just don't give a fuck. I don't own a TV. I don't have cable. So I definitely wouldn't be watching this even if I wanted to. Oh, so you so just for the record, you do not approve of normalizing gay people on television. I believe that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's absolutely what I'm saying, Andrew. Okay, cool. I think I actually think that you and Matt should leave Millennial because <laughs> you're you're making this show too gay. Uh, I, excuse me. <laughs> I'm offended by your presence. You two make this show gayer than we. Matt, why don't you read the first piece of feedback? <laughs> yeah, uh, before we get some to some news. <laughs> you bitches. All right. So our first uh, our first listener feedback comes from Jesse. Jesse writes. Police are the ones who are in these situations and altercations with guns. This is why the police and their stories stand out. We can't forget that we are all a part of the problem. Your judgment, your assumption, your use of the word, quote, thug, your joke, your decision to clutch your purse tightly as a black man walks by are the reasons why so many black people are dying, not just in the hands of police custody, but in poor neighborhoods, in nice neighborhoods, in schools, their, at their homes due to poverty, due to lack of health. There's a lot of commas in this. Due to health care, the list goes on and on and on. This problem needs to be tackled from the bottom at its deepest roots. Is she talking to us or is this just like no, a, no, it's, it's, she's, it's like a soapbox thing? It's it's a general commentary. She's oh. not talking to us. She's like, I don't say thug. No, I, no. This, um, this, I believe, was also taken from a much longer email um, in which one of the points discussed was that in our discussions of police brutality, we have to examine the deep-seated racism that exists in our society. Um, because the only reason that the police are able to get away with this is because of the fact that so many of us sort of tacitly accept it. So I think that's the point that Jesse's making. Mm. And that's well, a good I, I point. Mean, yeah, we all agree on it. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, well, I, I do think there's something to be said for holding up a mirror and looking at yourself very closely in it. And very often it's easy to point to institutions or other people and say they're the problem, you're the problem. And that's, you know, maybe that's true, but I think too often we don't do that to ourselves. Believe it or not, I saw, I saw a hilarious meme. I can't remember who sent it to me. It might have been one of you. Um, George Bush recently spoke at um, the funeral for the uh, Dallas police officers who were shot and killed. And of all places, we found some wisdom in George Bush. And he had said something along the lines of too often we judge others by their worst examples and judge ourselves by our best intentions. And I think in some way that speaks to what Jesse is saying here. You know, we look at police officers and oftentimes, unfortunately, racism has us looking at, at black people or minorities in general and judging them by their worst examples and then only judging ourselves by what's happening in our heads and by our best intentions. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. And that's part mm-hmm. and that is part of the problem. We need to start judging ourselves by our actions and uh, by how those actions manifest, not just what our best intentions may be. Mm. Completely. That, that reminds me of the whole thing that people say, like. I'm not racist, but yeah, you know, exactly. You guys do this yeah. and that, so like, I'm not saying I'm not racist. I'm just saying, you know, that's what you guys do. 
I applaud whoever wrote that nice line uh, for George Bush. Good on that. <laughs> yeah. Well done, speechwriter. <laughs> you know what? I just, I don't know if you guys saw the video of George dancing. Uh, at, yes. At yeah. the yeah. You know, I love it. I think the guy was happy. You know, he clearly doesn't get out of the house very much. It was, you know, it was a happy moment. It was a joyous celebration of life. And, you know, he did his thing. So good for you, George. Um, Chantel also wrote in regarding our discussion last week. Um, and they said, I want to know if there are other people who are finding themselves in situations where they realize that their family members or other people close to them are so literally ignorant that it is causing more serious disarray in those relationships. I want to know if there are other people who have had any success and what they did in advancing the conversation. So anybody have any racist family members they want to talk about? Yeah, I haven't been able to advance the conversation, but I feel I feel like I'm in this tough position right now as well because I feel like I can't say anything on Facebook without my nut job uncle or his. Please, uh, by the way, don't let him hear this. Uh, or <laughs> or uh, his less nut job but still conservative daughters. I'm always afraid they're going to react. And I've been yelled at by my uncle like at least two or three times now on Facebook. And I'm thinking of just, I don't want to unfriend them, but I'm thinking of, like, I want to make my posts public so everybody can see them. But then that means he has to see in them and he's going to try to lecture me. And the problem is, like, I'm seeing him at my sister's wedding later this year. So I'm like, oh, shit, I don't want to, like, fight with them and then have to face him come October. And, like, you know, I don't want to get lectured by him at the wedding. And so, yeah, I think it's a tough time right now to... um be politically to be to be uh to be fighting with family members politically because tensions are obviously very high mm-hmm. and we have two very different candidates so it's hard to find middle ground and i just i i i'm just gonna be uh negative on this situation and just say it's not possible <laughs> don't even try <laughs> okay andrew's <laughs> advice just don't even try mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean go ahead i was gonna say i definitely have some family members that um, particularly in regards to Black Lives Matter and all of the shootings that have been happening recently who have very different views on this than I do. Um, and it can be really hard when those discussions come up because on the one hand, you're like, I have a good relationship with this person outside of this particular issue. Mm-hmm. But then you have to look at it and go, okay, this isn't just like our opinions about abortion. Like there are actually people being killed over this and to me it feels for me personally i'm not saying this is what's right for other people but for me personally i have a really hard time um reconciling that with myself like the idea that i shouldn't speak out to people that i love just because i want to um sort of spare their feelings because I do care about them and it's a hard discussion to have, but it's also one that needs to be had. Mm-hmm. So usually when I have those family members that say stuff like that, I won't be mean about it. I don't get confrontational, but I will tell them what I think. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm probably not the most popular person in my family by virtue of that. But, you know, so I think my my first my first piece of advice would be you sort of have to make a cost benefit analysis the person that you're talking about, is it a sibling? Is it a friend? Is it a teacher? How likely is it that you're actually going to change their mind or that you're actually going to be able to make any kind of headway whatsoever? And if you think that there's zero chance or only a 10% chance, then just fucking bail. 
it's not it's not worth it. It's not worth your time or theirs. But if you think that you might make a little bit of progress, I think that I think the thing is is don't don't be don't be sarcastic about it. If you really want to advance the conversation, then throwing out internet memes and being sort of off the cuff and um, you know satirical is just going to make you sound very pompous. And I, we are guilty of that on this show very often because the four of us agree with each other so much that we just throw out quips and jokes um, at our uh, political opponent's expense. But if you're really trying to advance conversation, it's not the way to do it. You kind of have to take a step back and be, and be more level-headed about it. And I would suggest making sure that the person isn't confusing an argument with the person who's making the argument. So if you're talking about Black Lives Matter, for ex- for example, and you're trying to advance that conversation with a family member, make sure, like, point out to them if they're saying, well, the protesters here did that and the protesters there did that. Point out to them that, okay, we'll try and separate what the protesters did from what they're saying. Does what they're saying have any merit? And approach it from from that perspective, because very often you'll find that people who disagree with you, they disagree with you because they don't like the people who are delivering the message. But if you really get into the message itself, you'll find more common ground. Mm -hmm. And we're going to move on into news um, (laughs) with that being said. So we talked a little bit at the top of the show about this military coup in Turkey. And this shit is insane. This happened. I was out camping when this happened and I had my phone charging in my car. I came back and it just blown the fuck up. Half of which was from you guys. And I don't even know where to begin parsing this, I guess, with just other than by just talking a little bit about President Erdogan. So Erdogan was prime minister for 11 years but before being elected president a few years ago. So he's been in power a long ass time. And since he's gotten into power, he's been trying to consolidate that power. It's been very authoritarian. Um, for example, he's been cracking down on freedom of the press, freedom of, of uh, protest. Um, and he's been trying to, or he has rather been reforming education to include more Islam um, in, in schools, teaching uh, uh, Islam in, in public schools. All of this, has really uh, caused his popularity to totally plummet. Uh, as an example, you guys might remember that um, there was a there was a whole to do like a year ago because somebody uh, somebody had compared President Erdogan with Gollum from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> yeah. and they had pieced together pictures of, Prez- of President Erdogan next to pictures of Gollum to sort of show, oh, he looks just like him. Um, oh, that's, that's precious. And Erdogan fucking cracked down on this guy. He was so pissed. He had him like fucking indicted and put him in court just because he was making a fictional comparison. So that's the kind of person we're dealing with here. He's been very despotic. And a couple of days ago, what happened was is that tanks, military tanks approached the Capitol. Still, as of Monday, nobody is quite sure who made or who gave those orders, rather. Um, but the orders were to block all the bridges into the city and basically to um, to attack the uh, intelligence agency. And then the president, President Erdogan, this golem asshole, came out and told <laughs> citizens to take to the streets. Via FaceTime, told- by the way. Yeah, by FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's like, yeah, he became like some social media princess and was like, take to the streets. This is how democracy works. Um, 
And in, and it was a lot of confusion for a long time, but in the aftermath, roughly 300 people were killed. 1400 people have been reported wounded and president Erdogan managed to actually, uh, repress, repress the coup. He's still in power. So the coup failed. And since then, in the past 24 hours, he's arrested 7,000 people, most of whom are military officers and police. Uh, the, the standard theory at the moment is that obviously not, not everyone in the military was on board with the coup. And so it was split. If mm-hmm. everyone in the military had been on board, or even if the majority had been on board, you know, this asshole would have been, would have been thrown out already. I do find it real. Well, first of all, it's awful that so many people lost their lives. Like I was shocked yeah. by that number, 300 people. But also, it's so embarrassing that this didn't even work out. Like when you're watching it live, it was like, oh my gosh, a coup is actually taking place. This is crazy. And then you wake up the next morning and all the headlines are attempted coup. <laughs> it didn't work out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> I think out of all of this, too, what surprised me the most was how the military isn't really connected to the government. Yeah. That, like they like that. That was the whole I mean, that was the reason why they this coup really happened. Well, in theory, the military is connected with with the head of state. However, I wanted to point out that since 1960, the military has moved four times to overthrow the sitting government. Four times. That's a lot just since 1960. And the reason for that is because the military in Turkey really sees itself as as the protector of democracy. Mm-hmm. They try, historically at least, they try not to take a partisan or political stance. They're seen as sort of like... They're there to make sure that whoever is sitting in the president's or prime minister's seat is actually democratic. And any time a president or prime minister has sort of overstepped their power, they've just thrown a fucking coup. And most of the time it's worked. So this is actually kind of semi-standard practice for for Turkey. And Laura, you had a friend who's from Turkey, right? I do. Yeah. We're going to be talking to my friend Tanner here in just a minute just to give you some background on him. Tanner and I used to work together. He's a really, really cool person. He was born in Turkey and partially grew up over there, but ended up moving to the States. Um, However, he does still have a lot of connections over there. He visits quite frequently. Um, So we're going to go ahead and call him up now and get his take. Surprise, bitch. (laughs) Tan Tan. Hey. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. I'm definitely not playing Pokemon Go in the car. <laughs> I do that too. Well, you are on millennial. That would, that would be irresponsible. Tanner, we we just got done giving kind of a really brief overview of what happened in Turkey and kind of what has led up to it over the past few years. And first, I just kind of wanted to get your take on it. You're from Turkey, um, and I remember you were actually over there during the last election and you were not thrilled with the outcome yeah no i mean i yeah i was i was in istanbul when the um it was like the local government elections uh that were taking place and uh, a lot of people expected it to sort of be a referendum on uh erdogan and his party overall but um there was a lot of uh Kurdish violence that happened and uh, the one party that was sort of taking votes away from uh, Erdogan's party was a pro-Kurdish party. Um, so it just seemed very convenient that like it, in the lead up to the elections, 
uh, I think after the first election, uh, they sort of had like a, a runoff election. They they had a repeat, and um, in that period, there was a lot of like bombings and stuff that happened, and um, a lot of people were sort of accusing uh, Erdogan and his party of like fraud during the elections and sort of um, maybe inciting some of this violence to scare people back into the uh, uh, the AK party. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on, and and I think. From just social media, seeing what friends of mine in Turkey had to say about it, um, a lot of people aren't really sure what what way to feel about it. Um, it's um, you know on the one side you have uh, people obviously not wanting uh, the military to have to come in and constantly police uh, the democracy, which is really what's happened in Turkey since. You know, the 60s, 70s, and 1980, there was a military coup. Uh, as early as uh, 1997, there was a military coup. So it, it definitely happened before. So there's this collective memory of uh, a lot of painful uh, history that people have lived through. So there's definitely uh, some people that were out in the streets, you know, were just sort of, uh, I think, making a show of force against uh, a military coup and then the military constantly having to come in and, and be involved um, in this democratic process. Um, so, yeah, I think that there's just a lot of confusion. So, I mean, people are looking at it from different points of view. There's people that sort of feel like Erdogan's helping hold the country together. There's people like myself that don't really trust him and feel like he's using this uh, to his advantage to, to grab more power, really. So um, it just sort of, I think, depends on what, what angle you're looking at it from. Yeah. And Tanner, I know that you have family over there. Have you heard from them have they been able to give you any insight as to what it's like to actually be in the middle of this? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, like I said, I've uh, been trying to kind of gauge people's reactions from uh, reactions on social media, and I've been uh, messaging and talking to my parents, and um, I think a lot of them, my uh, aunts and my uh, grandma, they were um, they sort of woke up to um, the uh, call to prayer being announced, so that it's sort of a there's, I think, a bit of an old tradition of uh, the call to prayer. If it was played uh, or, or, you know, rang out or whatever, uh, I don't know if there were recordings in some areas, but um, if it was played at, like, odd hours of the night when it wasn't the time for prayer, that that was a way of, like, basically warning people that something was happening. Um, so she was telling me at night they heard the call to prayer in, in like, the middle of the night, so they woke up uh, and turned on the news, and that's how they kind of um, sort of you know, started seeing what was happening. Um, but I mean, from very early on, I was talking to my dad and he didn't feel like it was going to be a successful coup. Um, it, it seemed kind of like a very half-assed attempt, um, because they hadn't taken over the airwaves. They took over, I think, one of the main stations and then they tried to take over another station. Um, none of the key like government areas were really taken over. So my dad didn't really feel like it was even a serious, attempt at a military coup. So there's a lot of people actually doubting if it was an actual military coup or if it was just sort of uh, made to look like one. Mm -hmm. And Tanner, you just last question before we let you go back to playing Pokemon. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you're following <laughs> a lot of stuff on social media. Is there anything that you would recommend us to follow if we want to stay up to date on this? Like, are there any prominent bloggers in Turkey who are talking about this? Or are there any like hashtags trending that we can follow? Um, you know, that's a great question. I, I'm still honestly trying to uh, 
kind of piece together some sources that, that I would recommend. I've come across a couple of articles that I think are pretty good at sort of like a concise way of explaining some of this stuff because I know um, a lot of people coming into this, especially from the U.S., not knowing kind of any of the historical context. Um, there's the guy in Pennsylvania that's somehow like being brought into it. So there's a lot of different angles to it. So um, I can um, I can maybe send you some uh, articles later on off the top of my head. There's not really any key um, like sources that I would recommend because honestly, a lot of the media coming from inside Turkey um, in the last several years, a lot of dissenting opinions are, are, are really being silenced. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of the mainstream Turkish uh, news outlets. Uh, I, I personally don't know how I feel about kind of relying on on the stuff that they're reporting. Um, and then, you know, from what I've seen, uh, you know, through like the BBC or Al Jazeera or even like the U.S. channels, there's not a lot of uh, investigative reporting being done at this time, I would say. Like a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing is sort of the, the main points that are just being regurgitated. So I think there's a couple of... Uh, couple of articles that I've read that sort of um, put to, like put forth a couple of interesting theories that I can uh, send you. Yeah, um, that'd but be awesome. My head, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to kind of piece together at this point. There's still, I think, a lot of confusion and a lot of uh, a bunch of people. The, the last article that I read that I thought was kind of interesting was uh, they. I think one of the EU ministers um, uh, was finding it kind of troubling that. Like thousands of people have already been rounded up and arrested, even though there hasn't really been an investigation launched. Really, I mean, this happened, and then like the next day they were rounding people up, and um, so he thought it was pretty worrying that it, it appeared to him like there was already a list of people made, and they were just sort of like going down this list and and, and rounding people up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think there's still over the next couple of weeks probably going to be a lot more you know information coming out, but. Um, yeah, I'll send you some information as I get get it. Yeah, that'd be great. And then I think Elisa actually had one last question for you. Sorry. Yeah, just uh, no, just sure. one more. Um, I think it's probably the most hard hitting of them, and I, I'm curious whether or not you think that President Erdogan looks like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think those pictures are pretty dead on. Like the photos speak for themselves. Um, yeah. Yeah, especially that one really wide-eyed shot. I think I think he totally nailed the Gollum look. So. <laughs> yeah, I could see him just like chowing yeah. down some raw fish like all day, every day. <laughs> He's about that life. Yeah. No, I would definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Tanner. We really appreciate it. Good luck yes. with Pokemon Go. No problem, guys. Love All you. right. Well, as soon as I park. <laughs> All right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, he he can drive in Pokemon Go now. We we got him. We we got him. What we needed him for, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you were implying at the beginning, Laura. I was I was very shocked. You're it's like, okay. don't don't do it until after we interview you. <laughs> then you can get in a car crash. No, it's it. We 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 have that kind of relationship. It's fine. I see. Excellent. Okay, so hot. one other news story here. This isn't this isn't related to politics. This is a uh <laughs> life dating sex app world story. Um there's a new app that lets women charge for a night out. It's called Ooh La La Prostitution. It's it, it kind of it's an escort service of sorts, but it's through an app. It's like an Uber for escorts, if you will. <laughs> uh <clears throat> so it launched in August twenty fifteen. And how it works is male users post offers for dates consisting of a time, a duration, and how much money they're willing to pay. Typical offers from one to four hours at an average price of 300 bucks. 
while the request is up, women can decide whether or not they'd like that person to be able to contact them. And then crucially, women are not visible to men before they initiate the conversation. It's the inverse. Um, so here, buyers must come forward first. And then from there, the couple can chat and discuss the whens and wheres. So um, when the terms are agreed upon, the chat is logged and presumably both parties are incentivized to show up. Um, the company is insisting it isn't an escort agency, by the way, or even operating in the adult entertainment space. But if this app were to blow up, then surely um, they would probably go under further scrutiny because they probably can't get away with not being considered an escort service forever, just like Uber couldn't get away with not being uh, controlled by the government forever and, and operating under state laws and whatnot. So, so uh, ladies, would you do this? Would you sign up and then you know get your profile up there, and then some guys would come to you? Maybe uh, let's say two hours to hang out. You know, maybe a little uh, finger banging under the table, and you make it quick two hundred bucks. Would you be into that? I mean, how's asking- it any? How's it any different than OkCupid now? Because you're because they're paying you. That's the big yeah, difference I, here. I know that. No, that's Andrew. What I'm saying. I think you're assuming we don't already get paid. <laughs> Yes, I am. This is shocking news to me. <laughs> Are you asking me if I would be a professional prostitute? Because I feel a little bit like that's a silly question. <laughs> because, 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 yes, because obviously. Because the answer is clearly yes. Yeah, I mean, this why not? This is like the Uber of prostitution. Right. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, there are things. I would, <laughs> I'm going to confess, confess something. I would be up for being an escort. And That's not at all shocking. I actually yeah, brought this all. up to Mike, and he was cool with it if he gets 10%. What? So yeah. he's your pimp? So and he's I, your pimp. And I've asked him, like, multiple times, like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. Wait, he, wait, wait. Your boyfriend's okay with you being an escort so long as he can pimp you out in the process. No, no. He doesn't need... He doesn't have any involvement at all. He doesn't care who you're sleeping with so long as he makes money off of it. Right. Okay. Right, 10%. Well, this sounds really healthy, and I'm happy for you. He's actually home. Do you want to speak to him about it? Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> Get his ass on the phone, because I'm really him. concerned for you as your oh, friend. Can you come in? Hold on, Mike's going to make his world debut on Millennial. Ooh. Oh, God, he's going to hate this. Mike, did you say, I could have a daddy if you would take 10%? Hell yeah. <laughs> make, it, make it 15 Wait, no, no, no. A daddy is no, no. A daddy means that this is like a multiple client. Like you are talking about, we are talking about like an Uber. Like anybody can rent you. Yeah, anybody can <laughs> ride Andrew. That go for it. And 10, you can even 10%. you can even have uh, surcharges. Like well, two two x. <laughs> that's the title I, of the episode right there. Anybody can ride Andrew. Wait, I'm doing yeah. Anyone can ride Andrew. I'm doing some quick math here. He just said for fifteen percent he'd be okay with it. The average cost or the average amount that a person makes doing this apparently is three hundred dollars, according to the article. That means you value your boyfriend's asshole at forty five dollars. That sounds about right. That sounds about accurate. That, that that his his ass is worth about forty five bucks. Well, I have student loans to pay off, so yeah, forty five bucks enough times <laughs> comes up. Well, then pretty good I, for me, I think I have some dollars for you, my friend. Throw them at him. <laughs> Make it rain. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm taking the headphones away from him. Bye.
Bye, Mike. Bye. All right. Now Mike hates me for forcing him onto the show to confess to that. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm pretty okay with it. I think it's easy money. Okay. okay. I mean, my asshole might be broken within like six months, or like my car is <laughs> going to be broken after six months. But think about Uber, how but... much you made in those six months. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Andrew's going to need anal reconstructive surgery <laughs> by the time this is All over. my earnings are going to go back into anal reconstructive surgery, yes. <laughs> I have a question, though. If, if this were if this were legit, if you actually did this, would you let us pay you? Because I I have several $45 sure. to my name. Well, I'm going to go download Ooh La La now, and then you can find me on it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fucking challenge accepted. Oh, God. This is going on Patreon. <laughs> um, I I have to say, like, and all kidding aside, first of all, I have zero problems with prostitution or sex work of any kind, so long as it's safe and consensual. Cool. Um, but that that being said, I worry about this a little bit. I worry about the women going out on dates because there's very often a misconception that if you're paid to go on a date, even though they're saying it's not sex work or it's not you're not an escort, I mean it is obviously. I worry about the women who go on these things because then there's a misconception that if you're paid for a service like this, that you must put out. And a lot of the guys who are paying for these things assume that if like the woman backs out at the last minute or if she decides not to have sex or whatever, they get real pissy and oftentimes violent. So I'm not sure how I feel about it. Yeah. I, don't I know, know how I, I feel about it. I think it's stupid. I don't think it's going to last, to be honest. I think like this no. app in particular is going to get wrapped up in, you know, all kinds of legal issues. But I think, I think, I think it's a very interesting opportunity for people. I mean, apps are changing the world and here's another way. It's easier than ever to, s- to sell yourself. <laughs> so. oh, yeah. okay. Well, that's just what we need. Speaking of selling. Uh, oneself. Let's talk about the Republican Party for a minute. Woo! We want to play Devil's <laughs> Advocate. We haven't played this in a little bit. And I don't know, I have a bit of a story for you really quickly related to this. So as we mentioned, Republican National Convention is taking place starting now. And one of someone I work with is actually there. He's at the convention. He's there for uh, a client of his. He is legit scared for his life. His family has begged him not to go because they're terrified that there's going to be protests and riots and that shit's going to go down. And I asked him, I said, well, could you bring, you know, mace or anything, you know, a pocket knife, anything to to protect yourself with? And he said no, because they're not allowing anything that can even be construed as a weapon inside the convention. Um they're taking a very airport security kind of mentality to it. So even like certain, even liquids above a certain amount can't, can't be, can't be, uh, go inside the convention. Yeah. So basically the TSA is going to be at the entrance of the NR or at the Republican convention. Pretty much. And it took everything. I mean, I, this, this particular coworker, I really love and, and respect. So it took everything I had not to be like, do you not see the problem here? You guys are terrified of weapons in your in within the convention but you think the solution is to arm everybody else in you know schools and public and what have you so that's what devil's advocate is today i want you guys i want matt and andrew specifically matt you're going to go first i want you to argue however you feel about um open carry of weapons inside the republican national convention argue the opposite of it what do you think they should actually do how, how long? Two minutes? I say 90 seconds. 
right, ninety seconds. Okay, let's right. go. Whenever Start you're now. ready. All right. Well, I think as a person who is very publicly uh, against the right for anyone to own a gun, I do think that for the Republican National Convention, everyone should be allowed to bring a gun in. Because now, as a Christian man with Christian values, I do think that everyone deserves to feel protected for this amazing, amazing political team. This, the Republicans are different from Democrats because they value themselves much more. And there is so much values that are stuffed into each one of us that, that we have to, that, that we have to protect ourselves because there's just so much more, there's so much more content and just, we hold so much value in ourselves and you know people want to people want to destroy that like isis i don't know why i don't know why the president is saying isil it is isis mm. he's yeah he's from africa Preach. he is a muslim he is a muslim and i and and trump just embodies the value of american people but you know values of people are very passionate about it for and against so people can be violent against this. And we need to protect those values with a semi-automatic rifle. That shit is God. That is God. Time's up. Can uh, I ask you a question? Yeah. Are you are you from South Carolina or Texas? Because you kind of you you did some back and forth there. Well, my sir. Well, OK, my my mother's from Austin and my father's from Charleston. Mm. So, mm. um. And so, so is, I, I kind of go back and forth. Southern accent. Yeah, I'm I'm back curious about where I'm from. <laughs> All right, Andrew, you're up. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, whenever you're, whenever you're good to go. All right, start timing myself. We live in uncertain times right now, and tensions have never been higher mm-hmm. in our political landscape, and for that reason. Everybody who attends the Republican National Convention needs to be armed. As mm. our beloved Donald Trump said a couple of weeks ago, if everybody in the Orlando nightclub had a gun, everything would have been fine. Similarly, when the lights go down in the RNC and it turns into a club atmosphere type of party when we're celebrating our next president, Donald J. Trump, uh, and shots begin to fire out because some people disagree with Trump or maybe vice versa. Some people want to uh, shoot up these monsters who don't want Trump to become president in our Republican Party. We should be able to defend ourselves because it's going to get crazy in there. And when mm-hmm. it's dark, it's going to be easier to hide. So you can easily shoot the people 50 feet across the way and hit mm. them while you protect yourself under the cover of darkness. So I believe everybody should have a weapon because we all know it's going to get fucking crazy in there. And uh I mean what else are you going to do? You can't trust the police. They're not going to be able to protect you. They're going to give you get 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 shot at too. Amen. So it's a sad state of affairs, but this is how it has to be. And I'm glad Governor Kasich isn't fighting to get the uh ban lifted. Mhm. The 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 permission all right, do do do. Time's up. <laughs> well, well done, guys. Oh, you just put that, yourself 
on the tarot watch list. <laughs> yep. And and consequently, the rest of us, too, including the listeners. Well, I genuinely believe it's actually a horrible mistake, just in case the FBI is listening for for that <laughs> for them. Also very interesting that uh, Kasich is not there. But hey, this leads into our next uh, the premiere of our new segment just in time for the conventions. Yes. Is there? There music? is. I was going to okay. play it underneath, but I'll go okay. ahead now. Oh, okay. I didn't know how we were doing it. God, you fucked it up, Laura. <laughs> All right, guys. It's here. Dumpster Fire 2016. <laughs> go, so, go ahead. Yeah. Um, you were the chosen one. <laughs> Speaking of the chosen one, Donald Trump has announced Mike Pence, governor of Indiana, as his VP candidate. Did you guys see the very sexual campaign logo they released? Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, important questions first. Hmm. I said the, the important questions first. Did you see the T penetrating the P? Yeah. So it's telling us that <laughs> Pence is a power bottom. Is that? Yes. That's how I interpreted it. I did, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. We did want to talk a little bit about Mike Pence. However, we also had plans to call his office. And on the East Coast, it is rapidly approaching approaching five o'clock. Um, I think Indiana's in central time. But just in case, I want us to go ahead and call now because we do have a question for them. And I want to be sure that we get that on the show. Okay, excellent. I'm dialing it now. All right. I'm sure the office is not busy at all today. <laughs> Officer, the governor, I can help you. Um, hi, I had a quick question. I wanted to see if I could get a statement from the office. Um, who are you with? I'm with Millennial LLC. Okay, let me connect you with our press secretary just a moment. Okay, thank you. That was really easy. Should I hang up as soon as you drop the joke? Or... No. Okay. It's a trap. Hello, this is Kara Brooks, the press secretary for Governor Mike Pence. Come on. I'm from my desk. If you'll leave your name, number, and a detailed message after the Do we have a number? I'll return your call as soon as possible. Mm. You can also email me. My address is kbrooks at dove. We're going to have to take all this out. Why? It's public info. Yeah. Yeah. You may start your message now. Hi, um, my name is Laura. I'm calling from Millennial LLC. Um, and I was calling because I just wanted to get a comment from y'all. Um, I wanted to find out who the governor hates more, women, gays, blacks, or Muslims. Um, if y'all could either put that on your social media so that we could find it real easily or just email us at millennialshow at gmail.com. Um, that'd be great. We don't have a phone because we couldn't get any Obama phones, so we can't leave a number for you to call back. Um, but it would be awesome if you could put it up on your social media. Thank you so much. Congratulations, Governor Pence. Great accent. I texted you the number, but I think it was too late. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised the press office didn't pick up, but you got a secretary. That was pretty good. We should just ask him. Yeah. Be like, oh. let me guess, you're not a woman, gay or black. I just, just realized. Just a random shot in the dark. I just realized I hung up on Laura and not the voicemail call. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> 
<laughs> now I can't get her back in. She's gonna have to rejoin herself. Did you? Did you? Did oh, you back. Hang up on me? Yeah, sorry. I I meant to hang up on the voicemail, but I <laughs> hung up on you instead. So. Did I actually get to finish before you yeah. hung up? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, but they also heard us be like <laughs> revealing it was a prank if they didn't figure that out already. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, um, well, th- yeah. well, thank you guys for indulging me that. Um, I really wanted to make that call. And actually, I think it's a great um, sort of intro into us talking a little bit about Mike Pence. Um, one of the inspirations for that question was, of course, that in- almost immediately after he accepted the offer to be Trump's VP, he lauded him on his ideas for policies um, to ban Muslims and people from other, quote, terrorist countries. Um, so as you can tell, this is kind of a case of the usual suspects. Um, he is the the infamous governor behind the religious freedom bill in Indiana that we were all talking about last year, you know, the pizzerias that were trying to yep. reject people. Um, he, he does have ties to the Koch brothers, which also should give you some goosebumps. Although there is some speculation as to whether or not the Koch brothers would even fund a Trump campaign because they're so anti-Trump. Um, <laughs> uh, that should tell you something. Um, the governor also endorsed Ted Cruz for president before he accepted this VP spot from Trump. LOL. He was an early advocate for the Tea Party movement. So as you can see, it just like gets worse and worse. Um, and really, it's not all that unexpected. I will say that Republicans are completely underwhelmed mm. by this guy. Like, no serious Republican anywhere issued any kind of statement on Pence being announced. Nobody gives a fuck. Even Donald Trump wanted to change his pick but right. after it to the press. Paul Ryan is not a fan of it either. He called him, quote, not... Um, I'm sorry, he was talking about Trump. But Paul Ryan was not a big <laughs> fan of the Pence Pence pick either. Yeah. So, not That's good. okay. If it's anything like the Trump pick, Paul Ryan will fall into line eventually. So I watched their interview together on 60 Minutes, Trump and Pence. This is their one and only interview they've done together so far. And you can see that another benefit of Trump picking Pence is that Pence is very collected and well-spoken. Compared to Trump, he's just like, you know, just just word vomiting constantly. But there was one part in the interview, and it went very badly. I, th- I thought, is it just me? Am I just being biased here? But then I started seeing a lot of feedback. Like, nobody thought this interview went well. It was kind of like the new Palin interview, so to speak. That that Palin-Katie Couric interview, which was just awful, and which she couldn't cite newspapers that she reads. But in this one, Trump is just stomping all over Pence. And then there's really an awkward moment where um, Leslie Stahl, who was interviewing them, kind of catch- catches Trump. Um, because Trump admits that it's okay that Pence voted for the Iraq war, but not that Clinton voted for the Iraq war. <laughs> and here's a clip of that. It's really awkward. Your Excuse running me. Iraq didn't voted for it. I don't care. What do you mean you don't care that he voted? It's a long time ago. And he voted that way. And they were also misled. A lot of information was given to people. But I was against the war in Iraq from the beginning. Yeah, but you used that vote that of Hillary's that was the same as Governor Pence as uh, the example of her bad judgment. Many people have. And frankly, I'm one of the few that was right on Iraq. Yeah, but what about he did? He's entitled to make a mistake every once in a while. (laughs) But she's not. Okay, come on. But she's not. She's not. No, she's not. (laughs) 
fucking stupid response. That's like, that is Donald Trump literally taking our flag and shitting on it in front of the country. Yeah. For anybody who missed that moment. So Pence has bad judgment for voting for the Iraq war, um, but not really. But that's okay that he that he did. But Hillary does that. And no, that's not okay at all. It just well, makes yeah. no sense. She's crooked Hillary. Right. Remember? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this seems like a really bad pick. It's not. Is it going to help him at all? It just seems like it's going to help him with the ultra conservatives. Yeah, Yeah. that's the thing is like this pick doesn't change anybody's minds who already had their minds made up before. Mm. So I don't see what it does for him. I mean, to me, this just tells me that Trump couldn't get anybody else on his ticket. Because as we all know here, historically, your vice presidential pick is someone who can either balance out your credentials so they're somewhat of like a uh not polar opposite but they're different from you and so they can offer up something different to the electorate college or they can deliver a state now that's why you pick a vice presidential candidate they, they do something for you politically pence doesn't do anything for trump politically pence is kind of a more muted version of donald trump it's like donald trump on roofies like that's all it is and I don't think that it's going to get him anything. Um, I don't think it's going to get him any anywhere electorally. So it just tells me that Trump couldn't get anybody else. I, and understandably, I mean, the fucking RNC is about to rebel anyway. I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. they're I, the article just came out earlier today. I think Andrew, you linked us to it, saying that now uh, the convention, the Republican National Convention, officially has enough votes if they wanted to to force a roll call vote that might change the rules to allow for a different nominee. Now, it's almost definitely not going to happen, but they they have the support should they choose to 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 use it. I, I think all of this just is a big package deal symbol that Trump is really not well liked by even even the the rank and file Republicans. Yeah, and actually, I'm just reading some tweets here on Twitter. There's already been some mayhem going on on the convention floor. People have been calling for a vote, the roll call vote, and uh, they're trying to shut down the protest. So not off to a great start there in the convention hall. Yeah. So, but what about Chris Christie? Oh, poor Chris Christie. So, yeah, it, it, if it wasn't going to be Pence, it looks like it was going to be either Christie or Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich ran in the 2012 campaign. I always remember him for the whole 250 gas thing. He was like, if you vote for me, I'll get it back down to 250 gas. And uh, we got back down to 250 gas without him. But anyway, uh, he's kind of a nut job, as is Christie. Christie kind of turned into Trump's bitch. As soon as Christie dropped out, he was very quick to endorse Trump. Um, and he's kind of been his right-hand man. He's currently in charge of Trump's transition Uh uh, what would you call that transition team? So if he were to become president, you know, transitioning all that stuff over. Yeah. So he is. So he is involved, but it's it's um and it seemed like Christie wanted it really bad, and that's one of the reasons why he supported Trump so quick. He was one of the first people to do so. Yeah. Um. Crazy. Like, I just feel like the the Republican side of this is so much more interesting to talk about just because there is so much more shit going on there. Um, but we did want to talk about the Democrats, um, particularly in the last week. Bernie Sanders has finally endorsed Hillary Clinton. And we have a clip of that. Far more than almost anyone thought we could win. 
but it is not enough to win the nomination. Secretary Clinton goes into the convention with 389 more pledged delegates than we have and a lot more superdelegates. Secretary Clinton has won the Democratic nominating process. Hillary in the background just permanently oh my god smile her face she's she's, this she's back there fanning herself she totally is and I congratulate her for that I love the way he pats her on the arm there yeah she will be the Democratic nominee for president And I intend to do everything I can to make certain she will be the next president of the United States. So Bernie people, Bernie supporters were like, Hillary or Bernie betrayed us. How could he do such a thing? Um, do we think that Bernie supporters are going to jump to Hillary? Surely some will, but will enough? I think it's it's tough to say. Um, I don't want to compare Bernie to Nader, but I think we saw a very similar situation in 2000 where a lot of people felt very disenfranchised by the two major political parties. And so they supported Ralph Nader. And there were a lot of people claiming the same thing about Al Gore. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to vote for Gore just because he's the lesser of two evils. And then Gore lost Florida by like less than 100,000 votes. Mm. So definitely something to keep in mind, Bernie supporters. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know. It's it's hard to tell because the fact of the matter is so many purported Bernie supporters didn't actually come out and vote anyway during the primary. So it's hard to tell if those people would vote during a general election. I don't know. Yeah. Well, but, I, and then there's going to be Hillary's VP pick. It's it's not going right. to be Bernie, is it? Fuck no. no. I think it should no. be. No, that's a terrible idea. No, but di- didn't I offer this theory a few weeks ago? Did I do it privately? I'm probably about to piss some people off. Here's what Hillary does. Make, make Bernie the VP. They win the election, get all the votes from, from, both, from both Hillary supporters and Bernie supporters. So it's like they win easily. Bernie, God bless his soul, dies. He's a little old. <laughs> then yeah. Hillary can put in who she really wants to be VP. I think it's a pretty safe plan. I think Hillary is suggesting that Hillary is going to kill Bernie. No, no, he's just going to die of old age. That's all. I think Hillary wants Hillary to be VP. I think if it were <laughs> up to Hillary, it would just be Clinton, Clinton, 2016. Um, I think the VP, I mean, there's there's a few names out there, but at the top of the list, you know, are Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who has very strong anti-Wall Street credentials, very, very similar to Bernie Sanders in this regard. So that could help pull over a lot of Sanders supporters if you have Warren there. Of course, on the other hand, she's also a pretty, she's also a pretty contentious figure herself, and she's another woman. So it might appear 
Although that's not fair and sexist, it still might appear as though it's pandering. Um, or it could be Tim Kaine from Virginia. Now, I know, kind of a snooze fest, but on the other hand, you know, he has, he has name recognition. Problem with Tim Kaine he's, is he also has some pro-life credentials and that's not going to fly at all for the first female president. Mm-hmm. So it's, she's, you know, she's kind of up Shit's Creek. I think the problem with, with, I, I think the problem with both of them, particularly with Warren, is Warren has so much more power as a senator than she would mm-hmm. as a vice president. And I think a lot of people want to see her stay in the Senate because she can affect a lot more change there than she could as VP. So yeah. I kind of hope she stays a senator, to be honest with you. I think Hillary can win this without Warren, uh, but it's more important to have to have an ally in the Senate. Yeah, I agree. I want Warren to stay in the Senate. Um, I don't think that she needs the VP stepping stone in order to have her own presidential bid the next time around. So I just don't think that's necessary. I think it was good to have her on the short list. Um, But honestly, I really want Julian Castro. Mm. That's who I think a really good pick would be. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Julian Castro. So he he um, he checks a lot of the boxes and he's a very enigmatic person. He has he has, you know, the candor and the charisma to be vice president. My only concern with him is he's not super well known. And it's critical that a vice presidential pick you can't spend X number of weeks or months familiarizing um, the country with somebody that they've never even heard of before because now you're wasting dozens of news cycles. It's one of the reasons, actually, that the Republicans didn't want Sarah Palin because no one knew who the fuck she was. Um, and that turned out to be disastrous for other reasons. But if you read about that, that's what they were saying. They were like, Palin? Who the fuck is Palin? So I don't know. I think this is this is a really tough pick for for Hillary. Mm-hmm. And this is a year where your VP actually matters like a lot. Like I'm not saying that the VP never matters, but I don't think the VP has mattered as much as it has mattered this election cycle. Why is Why that? Why do you say that? I think because we have such a polarized environment where you have so many people who do feel disenfranchised by both parties and so many people who are viewing Hillary and Trump as two evils that they have to pick the lesser of, be that fair or not, I think vice presidential candidates could be the tipping point for some undecideds. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this is a sexist viewpoint as well, but I think Hillary needs to pick a man to get more of the men interested in her campaign. See, here's the problem with that is that a lot of, a lot of guys who are, Men or women who would factor that into their decision are going to hate a man serving a female, frankly. That's why she can't win for losing. Because if she chooses a woman, then it's seen as pandering. It's seen as her just trying to, you know, raise the profile of women and she's just being, you know, ultra liberal, crazy, whatever. But if she chooses a man, then she runs the risk of being seen as more callous and calculating. And a lot of people don't like the idea of a woman being in charge of a man. And so that's, I don't know, like you, you she really can't win. This is one yeah. of the areas. This is, I try not to be somebody who throws out like the, you know, the sexist card too often. This is one of the areas, however, her VP pick where we're really going to see that play out. We're going to see that a lot. I think it's also worth mentioning to Andrew's point, though, that the people who would vote based on gender or vote against based on gender already have their minds made up against Clinton. So 
True. Yeah, that's, that's, it, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, again, in that regard, it, it almost doesn't matter. But but uh, but then also you look at the Trump ticket too. I mean, God, Pence is such a man. Like, oh my God, he is fucking man. And what that, is that? Just he just he just exudes <laughs> masculinity. Do you want to fuck him? No, but I was just watching this interview. And he's just a a man. Like, what oh if he gave God. you? What if he gave you three hundred dollars and he gave your boyfriend forty five? <laughs> Would you fuck him then? Yeah, that sounds... No, no, I still... I don't think he would. <laughs> Pence would. But just... I don't know. That's a very masculine campaign going on over there. And and two, two women, I think that's that, that may be a little too femme for a lot of guys. So, so uh, yeah, I, I think she still has to pick a man. I don't think it can be. And Elizabeth Warren doesn't even seem interested in it, does she? Because she, she very... Cl- she made it clear she didn't want to run for president. And I feel like vice president would be the same issue and like you guys said she could affect more change being uh there in the Mm -hmm. senate so i'm Uh. getting a cnn breaking alert about more protests breaking out on the convention floor i know we just mentioned that a few minutes ago Mm -hmm. awesome (laughs) god (laughs) um but gop officials dismiss last gasp effort to force a protest vote it's going to be a yep. fun day on CNN. Yep. Oh, it is. Speaking of the convention, we did decide that we are going to do a little bit of convention commentary coverage on Thursday evening, the last night of the convention for our Patreon supporters. So if you would like to check that out, you can support us for as little as $2 a month over at patreon.com forward slash millennial. And if you're already a supporter, just stay tuned for details on that. We will give you more of those as we get closer to Thursday evening. I'm going to be drinking. Fucking yeah. (laughs) It's going to be fun. You're going to need to drink to get through Trump's clusterfuck of a speech. (laughs) Speaking of, I know we're just recovering Dems, but did anybody see like his introduction of Mike Pence when he was like rambling stupidly about himself? Right. Yeah. It was like a half hour and he just talked about himself the whole time. Yeah. And at the end, he's like, yeah, anyway, back to Mike Pence, like literally 20 minutes of just like Trump circle jerking to his own image. And then like, finally, he's like, oh, I guess we'll talk about this guy. That that was a visual that I did not need. (laughs) You're welcome for that. To see Donald Trump in front of a mirror. Like, you're great. There will be more of that on on Thursday. I can't. can't. (laughs) It's gonna be tremendous. It'll be great. You're huge. It's gonna be huge. I've seen reports, too, that he, he may actually be speaking every night, Trump. So <laughs> that's, he, like, what, that's he, what he was threatening to do. He he might he might introduce his wife on on Monday night. So we'll see. By then, well, apparently, listeners may know. Ivanka, his daughter, is got a speaking spot, and I'm like, why? Because, because they couldn't get anyone else to talk. <laughs> exactly. The guest list there's, is so lame. There's Ted two Cruz women is talking. Yeah. All right, there's like three I said, women in the is... world who want to t- to talk about Donald Trump, and that's Melania, Ivanka, and Ted Cruz. <laughs> that's it. And there's no other female on the planet who likes Donald Trump and his tiny hands. I can't wait to cover this. And his tiny hands. <laughs> All right, well let's um let's uh move on to no context. So, Laura and Elisa, you two should should play this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're both very up on the world of entertainment. I'm sure you both have listened to Britney Spears' new song lots of times already. Uh, yeah. Sure. The Is one, it's, it's called music? Circus, right? No, I'm sorry. That's, that's from 2009. So. Oh, I was close. That's a great song, though. No, she has a new song out called Make Me. It follow, it, it, it features G-Eazy. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know him either, in fairness. Okay. So, anyway, new song, and you have to connect this song with something that we've spoken about today. <laughs> I'm dreaming of my love living by somebody This feeling I wanna go with it Cause there's no way We're hiding away from this tonight This tonight Can tell you all, babe By the way I see you staring across the room, babe No shame on the game, just cut the shit beyond this yeah, You know what you gotta do tonight Do tonight so make me move that's that's the theme of the yeah. song um as per usual i can't understand anything britney spears says because <laughs> she doesn't sing so much as she like i don't know yeah, yeah exactly i don't what's the word to describe that sound um, 90s. That's it's like she's word. holding her nose while having an orgasm. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a very super... nasally orgasm. Yeah. Really I don't s- think Britney actually even sings in her music. That's not, no. I don't think it's her. It's like a ghost writer, that no, type of thing. it's a fuck ton of auto-tune. Um, I would say the make me move thing kind of makes me think about Erdogan and everything going on in Turkey. It's, it's almost like he's, um, I think, wanting to force some conflict so he's just a giant he's a giant asshole i was gonna say like this is wolf blitzer's love letter to the rnc speaker schedule like make my dick move make me hard this week please get me going so i had to get wolf going like what laura was saying i had to look up the lyrics to know what the fuck she was whining about but apparently at some point she moans um we're hiding away from this tonight. Oh, this tonight. <laughs> By the way, I see you staring across the room, babe. No shame in the game. Just cut the shit. Be honest. I think this is very clearly Donald Trump talking about Chris Christie because that is for sure like Christie's MO. Just sort of stares at you across the room like, you know, he wants it real bad, but he's not going to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, one more. <laughs> This is another new song that came out this week. I know you both are on top of music once again, so you know and you've listened to Katy Perry's new song, Rise, for the U.S. Olympics. Yeah. No, I have not. Okay. Well, (laughs) here it is, the world premiere for Lauren Ibiza. (laughs) Oh, you will see me thrive, can write my story. I'm beyond the archetype I won't just conform No matter how you shake my core Cause my roots, they run deep Oh, oh you have so little faith Don't doubt it, don't doubt it Victory is in my veins So, so <clears throat> this is the official Olympic theme for NBC. So you're going to be hearing this a lot this summer. It's about rising I, up and winning. As I was listening to this, I was seeing Hillary Clinton 
making eyes at herself in a mirror as she straightens her pantsuit and combs her hair and just yeah. like prepares for the for the game. Yeah. As she announces herself as her running mate. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is her song when she announces Clinton Clinton 2016. This I'm actually enjoying both of these songs. Uh but my boyfriend actually hates them both vehemently. I was they're very shocked. Pretty, they're both pretty bad. Uh, you know what? You're bad. Where's your song? Where's your, uh, what's that song we said we were going to do? Did that, that, where you just talk through the whole song and people repeat stuff in the background? Remember that? We still got to oh, do that. Oh, it was Detachable oh, Penis. Detachable Penis. We have to do Detachable Vagina. Detachable Vagina. <laughs> I think that's catchier. Me too. Me too. No, you do detachable pussy. Ah, that works better, yeah. <laughs> so, um, to wrap up the show, we uh, how's Pokemon Go going for everybody? Awesome. Yeah? Guys, guys, I caught a Pikachu yesterday. Oh, good job. Thanks. I know you're not fucking excited, Andrew, because no, you already I... caught two. Yeah. Okay, whatever. I, I'm Fuck just going to hold on to them. I'm not going to transfer them because I love Pikachu, so I don't want to get rid of them. So no matter how many I catch, I'm going to hold on. I don't even want to evolve them. No Raichus. Maybe one oh, what? Raichu. What? What? what teams did y'all join? Red. Red. So can I tell a little story? So no. I was going to join the red team, but then my fucking app glitched out when I was oh. joining and it put me on Team Mystic. Oh, Good. sucks to suck. Then, you I know was what? so fucking pissed. I'm actually wrong. I'm on Mystic. And because everybody was recommending me join Mystic. I don't know why, but that seems like to be the team. So you actually made the right decision, Laura, as did I. No. Yeah. want to be on that. <laughs> I'm already I'm already a Ravenclaw at Hogwarts. I'm already a Thunderbird at yeah, Ilverhorny. I got way too much blue going on. It's time for some red. <laughs> and it makes it makes sense for you though. I think you are more mystic because isn't mystic supposed to be the one that like sort of like carefully analyzes and assesses the situation? I feel like you're, that's you. You're making me sound way smarter than I am. You're a Ravenclaw, bitch. Please, please stop. On After Dark today, we're going to touch on the Olympics a little bit. I, I'm excited. I feel like, but I I'm have not. a couple worries, and there's some issues down there in Rio. Um, and then we're also going to talk about what was socially acceptable in the 90s, but not today. A little nostalgia for y'all, speaking of Pokemon. Uh, and by the way, quick plug for hashing it out. I know some of you may be wondering what our thoughts are on the Taylor Swift, uh, Kanye West, Kim Kardashian feud. Well, Elisa was genuinely interested for some bizarre reason. So I explained it to her and we and we touched on that as well. So a special edition of hashing it out where we talk about major news in the entertainment industry. And I actually give a shit. Our outro song is something that Elisa found. What? What is this, Elisa? Um, this is a changing moment in your life, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> found this song, and it's about it's about the Pokemon phenomena. And uh-huh. I think this is going to be the next major hit. So brace your butts. All right. Don't forget to visit millennialshow.com and please do support us. Visit patreon.com/slash/millennialshow where you get lots of bonus content, including what I just mentioned. So thanks everybody for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. I'm Laura. I'm not. <laughs> Something happened to him. And we'll see everybody. Oh no. Am I oh fuck. Yeah, Matt, you've been on mute for like a half hour. I've been I've been on mute for the entire episode. Uh, we like- Wait, you haven't heard me say anything? Nope. No. Nope. Not for like twenty minutes, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god.
Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see everybody next week for 227. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks, Professor Oak, for my Bulbasaur. My Bulbasaur. My Bulbasaur. Look at me, just starting out, and it's good to be alive. I'm gonna be a trainer with a beat drill and a butterfree. I can show you how to double team. I can teach you how to dance a feather. I can feed you some calcium and raise your special attack forever. I can hunt a lot for a ponytail. I can beat Brock and Erica. I know all the routes from here to Pallet. I've got an HM and I'll teach it ya. Me and my team went to Cinnabar. I can't believe that wow. we've come so far. I've got an Oma star. I'm gonna be the very best. Cause look, I can trade my coins in for a Porygon. A Porygon.